Hi folks, Bob Main here with another episode of today's Survival Show. Helping you do what you can with what you have wherever you are. This is episode 221. It might sound a little different than you normally are used to listening to because I'm not in my car. I don't have my really cool recording equipment with the cool headset and the noise cancellation and all that. I forgot all that stuff, and I'm on a business trip, so I'm sitting here using my iPad, yakking at an iPad screen. That's different for me. I'd have to say I've never done a show just yakking at an iPad, so we're going to give this a shot. Anyway, this is another interview that was done for me. Uh, Thank you to Mexican Joe. You know, for a while there, while I was out moving and stuff, and moving my preps and all that other stuff... Mexican Joe and Super Dave up there in Northeast Texas took over the show for me and did a bunch of interviews. This was the last one that they did, and I wanted to save it for now and put it up there because, you know, last week I had Tabitha and her husband from Oregon back on the show, the Macy's girl, Thumper Lane. Hopefully you guys really enjoyed that from last week. Awesome interview. Uh, We will be doing part three for the Survival Champions Club coming up soon. But this one is, this one's kind of cool too. This one's pretty good because this features Teen Prepper. Now, Teen Prepper has been on other podcasts. And one of the reasons why I think this is a really special interview is because if some of you out there have young people that you want to introduce to survival, common sense survival, and prepping, This would probably be a real good show for you to have them listen to. This is Mexican Joe talking to Teen Prepper. He's a teenager. And boy, I wish that all young people in America, and actually in the world, I wish that all young people would think this way. This is awesome. And Teen Teen Prepper has been very active on the forum. And thank you, Teen Prepper. I appreciate you doing that. This is just a terrific interview. It's great. You know, I I think if all young people had the mindset and the attitude and the knowledge of teen prepper, I think most of us could kick back, most of us adults would get kicked back and just not worry about the future of the country. Unfortunately, it's the opposite. Unfortunately, most young people are not like teen prepper. So anyway, enjoy this. Here you go, Mexican Joe interviews teen prepper. When it's over, I'll be back. Okay, Mexican Joe here, uh, back again uh, to help Bob out with uh, some interviews. Um, today I'm interviewing Team Prepper on the forum. Um, I first heard about Team Prepper over uh, listening to the Jack Spearco show, and uh, Jack had interviewed him, and it was really pretty exciting to hear uh, kind of some of his story, and I asked him to come on over to, uh, to the survival show over here with Bob, and uh, so he's been pretty active on this forum as well. Um, he... He talks quite a bit with me and Dave, so this is going to be kind of fun. So, uh, Team Prepper, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on today. Oh, yeah, it's great. We, I've just been really excited, and me and Super Dave have just been really impressed with uh, kind of your story and where you're coming from on everything. Um, uh, so, uh, it's kind of funny. Your name is Team Prepper. Why don't you explain why you're named Team Prepper? Probably because I'm still a teen, and I've been prepping since I've been 14. And how old are you now? 18. 18, okay. <laughs> so, so you've been prepping for a little bit, and that's that's kind of funny. It's you know it's very unusual for somebody of your age to be prepping, and I know that we've shared uh, information back and forth about some of the things that we've done good, and I think you just texted me the other day that you know your pumpkin uh, had patch had turned out real well. Yeah, um, so far i got like five pumpkins growing right now. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, my garden, I'm still fighting with my garden. Yeah, I even know a drought thing going on over in, in, in Texas. Yeah. Right oh, I don't know. You wouldn't know that by the other day. We we got about three inches of rain in about three days. So, yeah, uh, we, it, we got quite know. a bit. So, tell us, how did you get started in this? And then uh, I would kind of want to think that Bob and everybody would like to hear about how, you, one, you got started in it, uh, what got you into it, uh, what are your views, what do your friends think about you? Because uh, this, to me, is kind of advanced for somebody of your age. Uh, and then what have you gotten done so far? Uh, well, it pretty much got started with the 2008 crisis. Okay. Um, I saw a lot of bad things happen with the housing, the, um, the economy, 
it just woke me up. And I decided that I had to do something. Okay. And how old were you then? Um, I was 14. You were 14 and you were watching The Economy. That's... Yeah, that's crazy. I don't watch the economy that much. <laughs> I mean, no. I do. I do more now, but uh, it's it's because of Bob and and Jack shows and a couple other shows, you know. And that's the reason that I watch them. But yeah, I, that's that's funny to be to be able to see the economy at that age. I, I guess when I was that age, all I was all I was watching was girls. Um. Well, uh, actually, it's actually by accident. Um. I was going through some websites and I found a on the website called the Survival Forms. Uh huh. And I saw an accident about the economy and said, "Oh, that's that's really interesting." I never knew I knew about this. And then I did some research, found out about the whole banking crisis going on then that's still going on now. Found out about the European Union problems, and and then I fell from there. Okay. So it sounds like you're lining yourself up to get into being an economist or going that direction with your with your future career. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, I just think it's kind of quite um, you know interesting that you know how it works. That's that's crazy. And, and and tell everybody where you're at. Where where are you at? You know, in the United States. Um, I'm in California. Um, I'm actually near Sacramento, the capital. Okay, Sacramento. Okay. Yeah. Because you're in the northern, and it's kind of nice up there. Yeah. Oh, actually, right now, it's actually pretty cold. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, it's in the morning right now, so... Oh, it, yeah, it's, it's 82 degrees here, and it's in the morning. Uh, actually, right now, um, it's like 70 or, 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 or 65, I think, right now. That's not cold. That's nice. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so, so, you, so you started out just kind of watching some forums and, and listening to the economy and, and just kind of explain to everybody where you went from there because I thought it was a very interesting story. Well, um, I always was kind of a news addict and it kind of, you know, just came from there. Um, I learned about preparedness. I did research, read some books at the library. I read some websites um, it, you know, after a while, it, you know, I, I became quite info-wise really well, and, you know, it, 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 it just came, and I actually enjoy now, it's, you know, it, it's a hobby, it's, I, I like doing canned goods, I like finding the best deals, you know, it, it just comes into preparedness. Yeah, and I guess... I guess looking at like you said, it's a hobby. Where with with a lot of us, it's not a hobby; it's a lifestyle. Uh, but then again, at your age, at your age, you know, you, you know, you just you don't you probably haven't established a lifestyle yet. No, well, actually, I like I like the lifestyle, but since I don't have a lot of hobbies already, it is you know I just call it a hobby. Yeah. Well, what? Okay, now uh, now I think uh, you live there with your parents and, and 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 some family members. What do they think about all this? Um, the majority of them are, are really, are really into it now, and since my, um, since the one with, with Jack, you yeah. know, the interview, uh, they have got more into it, um, I think, go over to Sam's Club and get, you know, deals and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I love going to Sam's and loading up, I can't get out of there for less than 300 bucks, um, but I think you, I think you remember, you said that, uh, what is it, I think your mom is into the gardening with you some? Um, yeah, um, I'm more, I do more of the watering in that aspect, but she gets a lot of plants. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So, I mean, it's nice to have somebody to do your stuff with. And that's, that's kind of cool. Now, uh, what other, what other realms other than the gardening and let's say, you know, your stockpiling of, of Sam's, uh, what other kind of stuff are you doing? I mean, obviously you're doing research because every time I talk to you, we're swapping research back and forth. Um, I follow alternative news. I I sometimes watch mainstream, but it just it bores me, and it also makes me cry because it's so boring <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, well, and yeah. if you watch if you watch the news on TV, in my view anyway, it's, it's either skewed one way or it's skewed the other. Filtered. You know, and I'd rather just have just just straight you know hear it, you yeah. know, just hear it all, and let me make my own decision. Plus, there's no commercials normally. Um, if you watch it alternately, 
Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, wow. that's true. Yeah, so um, right now I do a lot of research. I learn skills. Um, I'm actually in the, in the process of doing a, a YouTube channel. Oh, YouTube? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just recently started doing that for some of our training videos, and and it, it it's a little more in-depth than I thought it was going to be, you know, in some cases, but in some cases it's easier. Uh, that's what's kind of nice about helping Bob out here is all i got to really do is uh, sit around and do the recordings and hand them over to him, and he can, he can do all the technical posting of them. But it helps yeah. Bob out. <laughs> yeah, I'm with the whole first aid stuff. It's pretty nice. Yeah, yeah, my yeah, my YouTube video started out as, as first aid stuff. But uh so so you've been doing this for a while. Um what do your friends think about it? I mean the the people that you kinda you know know or hang out with in your age group, what do they think, you know, about what you're doing? Uh some of them are are okay with it, but they're not ready to to get into it. Yeah. And the rest think it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, now yeah. Now okay now now explain to me a little bit about your friends. I mean, we know that uh California and some of the other states and just some people in general, uh, I don't want to generalize too much on things. Um there's more takers than givers. You know, we've already proven that like 55% are on the take, you know, when the other 45 are supporting the rest of the country. Um you know where 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 are your friends at with that? I mean, is that right? Why they think it's crazy is because you're you're you're, um, you're part of this survivalist movement thing. Um, they're they're into guns, so that's that's different. The majority of uh, teens in, in California. Um, it's just I think that the whole mainstream bunker guy who has a beard. A shotgun and a whole bunch of MREs has gone to their brains. Oh yeah, the predisposed notion of what a, what a survivalist or a prepper is. Yeah, you're a mountain man. You're going to grow up to be a mountain man and go live in the woods. And it's not actually like that. It's the guy next door, you know, who's got you know a big old shelf with a sheet over it in his garage because that's where he's hiding his preps. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. Um, I tried to eventually te- um, not, not teach them, but kind of persuade them. Yeah. My, uh, at least look at it better. Yeah, kind of change their view on it. Yeah, or at least make them think about it because there is, it's definitely um, easier if there's more people. Oh, yeah, yeah. In my area. Yeah. We- I, I, know, I, I know a couple of preppers here. Right. But they are like, 40s and 50s they're not even in my age group well yeah and i think it i think it transcends age group but now you said that you you've worked with them or have you uh, met with them or you guys just sit around get, get together and talk about stuff i know that you are kind of the outsider being that you're so much younger um i've talked we really haven't you know done any training or anything okay you know um it's it's quite interesting you know um, I don't think that they think I am too young. Um, I think that I'm trying to think right now. Uh, they, they, they like that I prepare, but I don't think they're, they're used to having someone that my in my age group preparing yet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I could see that to a point. I mean, with us and our network and what we do is, I guess we don't have anybody younger than 29 or 30 but you know our team and network they get up into you know where they're 60 you know and i guess for us the hardest part is it's mostly guys um and getting uh getting women involved and girls involved is is kind of can so far has been a little bit of a pain because the uh the women always typically have a man attached, and if they're a prepper team, that's great. But then all of a sudden, it starts becoming jealousy issues or other issues that just can be a pain, and we just haven't gotten past that. Um, <laughs> um, I haven't had to deal with that yet since I don't have a girlfriend. Yeah. Um, I can't. Um, I just don't really. I, I eventually want to do it, but it's not on my um, to-do list right now. 
Right. Well, if you're if you're busy, that's good. I mean, you know, it's it's all about the prepping and just staying busy and keep moving and let it happen. You don't you don't want to chase it because then you'll end up rushing it. Um, okay, so you got so you're so with this uh, network that you're dealing with. I mean, you're you're all just kind of swapping stories and you know information. That's that's really pretty cool. Well, uh, where do you see this going? You know, long term. I mean, are you looking for to to get into a, a, a team or a network? Um, maybe. Um, a lot of my um, a lot of them they have job schedules that don't really mix with my area, so it eventually may do it. Yeah, because. But um, short term, probably not. I think if there was ever a big enough disaster where we had to meet up, yeah, then we would do it. With, we at least try to. But right now, it's, it's not a fixed. This is what we're going to do, and this is how we're going to do it. Right now, right now, yeah. Now, now, what's are you? Are you in a uh, an urban environment, suburban? Uh, are you out in the woods? Uh, what, what's your situation where you're sitting at? Um, I, um, I'm not in any bunker, Russian silo, or <laughs> right now. Um, I am actually in a farming town. Okay. Uh, probably one of the... If you had to pick a California, this is probably what, where you want to be during an emergency. Right, so you're, so you're, you're a little more out there in the, uh, in the rural area. No, actually, I'm not. Okay. Uh, I'm in a medium town. We do like grains and stuff here. Oh, okay. 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 Well, that's kind of cool. Now, yeah. uh, where are you at with school? Are you already done with school, or are you still in school? Um, I am a senior. Oh, you're actually. gonna you're gonna be senior this year. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I got held back one year because of math. Oh well. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and and now it's funny that now you're into the economy and money, so that'll fix your math problem. Yeah. Let's count money or not count money or count gold. Um, yeah. Well, then that kind of would work, you know, if you end up getting, you know, with a network because, you know, the people that would be older than you, they've got jobs and they're going to be working their job and you'll be going to school. Uh, so that's good. Um, one of the things that I do uh, when, if I've got a down day, because I typically will get a down day during the week every here and there, is I do online uh, college courses uh, towards prepping. I mean, uh, FEMA has preparedness classes so that's something for people to think about uh, go look at those but um i think i think you know don't don't rush it i mean keep keep your eyes open for a team and keep looking for a team um keep on the forums i mean i reached out to you after jack's show and then you me and super dave have been talking quite a bit uh on bob's uh, on bob's forums so you know it's all about swapping information and finding people in your area so mm-hmm. Yeah, finding a team yeah. finding a team can be difficult, but once it starts happening, it puts put, pulls itself together pretty quick. Yeah, um, um, knowledge definitely is going to be the impact between survival. In my opinion, uh huh. You, you can have as much MREs and as much ammo in your basement as you possibly can, but if you have no clue how to use them then you're never going to be able to survive a long-term or even, in some cases, a short-term emergency. Right, right, right. Well, you've got you've to you know, have your equipment, train with it, practice with it, because then you'll know what your deficiencies are in it and what does and doesn't work. That's like why we do our, our monthly training is we break out the equipment and we use it to see what does and doesn't work. Uh, I, I can recall uh, an FTX that I went to uh, to, to network with another group, and I took a bunch of equipment, you know, and I had my bug out bag, and I basically lived out of my bug out bag for the weekend, and I found out there was equipment that did not work, and that equipment ended up going in the shop, and ended up finding lighter, easier ways to do it than with all this great equipment that I bought. So you've got to train with your equipment, you know, to see what does and doesn't work, and see what somebody else is doing, because, you know, like you, I mean, you may or may not have the experience with some of the stuff that we have, but you may be doing it a different way. And if you can learn five or six different ways to do the same thing, that's pretty nice. Because then it just it just diversifies what you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's well, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I think that um, nowadays 
being prepared is actually probably easier than any other century. We have the internet, we have e-books, we have emails. Yeah, that's that, that's a really good point. Yeah, I mean, the swapping of information, I mean, we are now the information age. Yeah, we. I mean, you're right. I mean, like I said, you're in California. I mean, I'm in northeast Texas. Uh, and, you know, we email back and forth every other day or comment back and forth on, on Bob's forum, you know, and, and with Dave and everybody. So, yeah, I mean, you're right. It, it, we've got Sam's. We've got Walmart. We've got all these other places. We can get the information, get the equipment, get the food. So you're right. I mean, if you go back 100 years, you had to wait till somebody come to the house to talk to you about it. Yeah. And now um, we just send out an email, send out a text. It is both a good and a, a bad thing. We, yeah, I see that. Yeah, with Facebook, people that used to be best friends don't talk face to face anymore. It's, right, it's sad. Yeah, yeah, it is, and, and you know, the, you know the the downside is also it to me. It's not necessarily the Facebook so much as everybody's become so technologically needy I mean try to survive without your cell phone for a day I mean I know with my work it would be crippling you know because my email comes through there my you know my text all my phone calls and you know typically they're all free long distance so you got to deal with all that so technology is helping us a lot but if that technology ever goes away our society will, will, will collapse and crumble yeah we could never go back to the Morse code <laughs> Well, some, yeah, I mean, we'll yeah, I mean, I've heard. I mean, I haven't gotten into ham radio. Uh, I know Dave's talking about it, but I, from what I understand, Morse code's been dropped off the ham radio test. You don't have to and, know Morse code anymore. And I'm also uh, the last country to support it, India. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I just cut it too. Morse code. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's you know. High. Yeah, and that you know what's kind of. I think it's kind of cool that you're coming in as young as you are because you're going to come in and grab information from, you know, people, you know, you know, 30s, 40s, and then even some of the older people that are that are into it. I mean, we've got one guy who's, who's in his mid-60s that, that, that trains with us, but what's really cool is he's got some uh, older information and older knowledge, and, you know, for him to talk to us, I mean, is really cool, but if he was to talk to you, you would gain more out of it than probably the rest of us. Because it's so far removed from where you're at. Yeah. I definitely wish that we were in a system where we could pass knowledge, kind of like apprenticeship. Yeah, yeah. In the old days. But, sadly, that's that's pretty much gone. Yeah, now you just pass information all you want. It's all over the internet and all over Facebook and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Let's see. What else was I... I had a couple other points I wanted to get into. Um, well, now they've slipped my mind. Um, where... I mean, you're in California, so it's not a very uh, weapons-friendly or gun-friendly state. I mean, where where do you see some of the people that you've talked to, uh, you know, and all that with... How are y'all handling uh, security and, and weapons and that? I know out here we just buy whatever we want. Uh, Texas is a very gun-friendly state, so we just pretty much buy what we want and put it away and practice with it and play, and, you know, nobody cares. Where are you at with that? We're, my town is pretty much the mo- one of the most pro-gun um, towns in California. Okay, is that, and that's because you guys are a little more rural or farming community? That's probably a huge factor. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, well, that's, yeah. that's good. Yeah. Um, the problem, um, I, um, I definitely think that firearms definitely are, are part of, um, the rural area, but it should be also, um, a, an urbanized area as well, but, um, yeah, I think that defense here will be hard. We have a lot of ways out of town, and if you had to ever stop a through, you know, a people coming in, like for a epidemic, yeah, pandemic, 
really hard. There's there's a lot of ways people get in here. Yeah. So well, yeah. Well, seeing seeing that, I mean, you got. I guess. I guess. I haven't thought about that. I'm not. Uh, of course, everybody has their own scenario, and if it's a if it's a, it's a pandemic, that's that's one. But I guess I always look at the theory of getting out, and if you've got a lot of ways to get out, that's excellent. But I guess the reverse side of that is if you've got so many ways out, you've also got so many ways in. I guess I hadn't thought about it. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it like that. And yeah, you know, I guess with with my scenario and where where we're at, I mean, especially my place, uh, there's very few ways in. You know, easily, you know, roads and stuff, and I like it that way because therefore I have less area I have to try to control. You know, again, but again, I'm not trying to get out of my area, so that's why I've never really thought about it that way. So that's pretty interesting. I guess to look at it from the other side, you know, if there's all these ways for me to get out, that's also more ways for people to get in. That's interesting. Um, yeah. Um, I don't really have the option of bugging out to a location. Right. Um, it. I I would love to live in um, in a farm or a homestead, but right now, financially, it's not really possible. Well, yeah, yeah, and and I see that. And you know, at your age, you know, you're still you know start. You're just now starting to climb the ladder uh, to get up and get out. But but what's really cool is at your age, you're seeing this stuff, and you're seeing what's going on. And since you are uh, into economics and understanding that. I mean, I wish that I had seen some of this stuff when I was your age because I think that you you can see how to stay away from credit cards and credit, you know, and just deal with you know paying as you go because it keeps you out of that it keeps you out of the system of paying into the system and how much money goes into the system that you don't actually get to keep or use. You know where you you know where do you where are you at with that? I mean, um, so uh, personally. College is not going to be part of what I'm going to see in the future. At least not mainstream college. Yeah. Um, I I've seen people get some of the best degrees that you ever get that you could possibly get in the in America, and not be able to get one job. Or if they do, it's like the, the job that they had their degree in. Right, right. I've seen a lot of people get uh, get degrees and then they can't find a job in that field or don't even want a job in that field. They just they're in, they were interested in it, got a degree in it, and great. Um, and then and then you know I guess that there's only a couple of fields that that I see where people go out and they get the degree and they actually work in that field. I mean, the ones that I can see off the top of my head are uh, doctors and lawyers. I mean, if you get a degree in, you know, either of those fields, there's a pretty good chance that you're going to be able to work in that field. But I've seen yes. guys, you know, get engineering degrees and they can't get a job. Mm-hmm. You know? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, um, just all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So I figured that if I can avoid the college debt, uh-huh. then I will be able to do more things because that's one thing that even bankruptcy can't take away and that is the college debt you know yeah the screen problems so yeah I hadn't thought about that yeah I, I figure that you know I, if I can avoid that and still get a decent job that pays it enough you know if I don't need a mansion or a limousine every you know a so I figure, you know, like my job that I want to do is an EMT. Yeah. And I and I have a backup job in mind as a, as a truck driver because there is so much job openings for both of them right now. Yeah. Well, and that's a that's a pretty interesting field. And that would be one that you know that Dave would probably will probably end up commenting on. Uh, he's got a CDL. I mean, if if once you reach whatever the CDL age is, you get your CDL, then you could you know. Uh, you can drive a truck, but then again, you could also, you know, if you're an EMT, you can drive a fire truck too with a CDL. You know, and yeah, just, yeah I mean, they cross over. Um, again, I I don't uh, I've had formal formal education training, but for me, I don't ever know what my schedule is. So I do a lot of online courses and uh, CPR, CPR hypothermia, all kinds of different stuff, and a lot of it's very interesting. Um, the courses are. You know, cheap to free if you're doing them online, uh, and, and you just it, to me it fills my time, but it also I get a lot of education out of it, and I, 
I learn a lot of different things, and I'm very varied in a bunch of different things. So that, for you, could also help you out. You know, you don't have to be an expert in everything or have a degree in it to be able to use it. Mm-hmm. I, I think that the, the um, economy and where it's going, the handyman or the person that can do more than one thing is going to be the, the feature of, of the mainstream. Yeah. Um, or at least to a certain extent. Yeah, oh yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, I see we've got a couple of handymen that run around town here in our little town, and it's crazy because they're constantly, I mean, five, six, seven days a week, they're working because they've got all this work to do, yeah. And then you look at people that, you know, you know, that have, you know, technical jobs that are sitting there with nothing to do, and they're not, you know, they're not getting paid because they're not working, but you're right. You're right. That's that's pretty interesting. You know that you that you see that, and I guess I hadn't thought about it much. But yeah, the handyman because they can do anything. They can paint. They can roof. They can fix floors. They can do whatever. Because not everybody can do that. Mm. I mean, I know I have to handle my own home repairs and stuff, and I do that. But there's some phases of it that I don't want to do. You know, or I'm not qualified to do. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you don't need a degree I, for that. Nope. <laughs> for that at all but um it is good uh, to learn things to help improve you um actually right now i'm in the pro- I'm, in, I'm about to get into welding yeah yeah now see yeah i had somebody try to show me welding here a while back and and now i've got a welder here dave's welders here so we i play with it and, and dave helps me out with it and yeah i've been learning welding for years uh i grew up out there with you know like you in california and they don't have welding in L.A. County schools, so they didn't then. So I've been learning that. That's a really good skill. Yeah. Uh, how far into that are you? I haven't even got into it yet. Okay. <laughs> At least not, not right now. But um, um, I'm thinking since I am in such a I'm in a cultural area. Yeah. That that welding will definitely have some spots. Like six companies here that do welding work. Yeah. It's it's a really really a big business here, as well as the GML crop companies, which is you know. Well, if you're gonna if you're gonna take money, you can take money from the devil. <laughs> the GMO companies. Yeah, actually, uh, Masanto has one of its labs on our white on our um, highway, so it's <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. Um, yeah. See, now welding is, is kind of unique, like you said, because you've got all the agricultural stuff out there, and there's all that heavy equipment does take a lot of welding. You're not not just gonna you know nut and bolt something up. You're gonna weld it. Now here in Texas, we have a lot of welding going on, and some of it's you know building barns and kind of the normal stuff like what you would see. But we've got a lot of welding out here because of all the oil. So we have a bunch, you know, everybody, they're building tanks and pipes and all kinds of stuff. And so, yeah, welding is really big out here. Yeah, um, I see all three of the jobs as universal jobs. Like, if any state can use them. Yeah. <clears throat> Whereas in um, some other bigger jobs, like if I ever went to computers. Yeah. And I had a move, like to say, to Washington. There's not as big of a computerized business area in Washington. Well, Microsoft is up there, and, and there is some of that. The problem is, I think, is that when IT came out and everybody was getting into IT, everybody got into it. Mm-hmm. So now you've got a saturation of bodies looking for, you know, what, you know, however many jobs are where there's more people that know how to do it than there are, you know, positions open. A plus there's India as well. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean you can't get on you know on, on technical support without getting somebody from another country and trying to decipher what they're saying. Yeah. But you know, like you said though, you know, but how many people you know strive to be a handyman? But yet these handymen are the guys that are gamefully employed. Yeah. Well, I think it's just how the the new economy is going to be in place. You know, um, we have we have left building a large amount of stuff here. We have some of it, but a manufacturing ha- um, has gone overseas. died in, in, in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that 
this is kind of like a service slash manufacturing job, and it has the best of both worlds, so I think it is definitely going to be a, a, a huge part of the new economy. Yeah, I mean, I see that. I see that, you know, like you're saying, you know, we don't manufacture as much stuff as we used to. We've slipped off of that, and we've become a service-oriented country, but... You know, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the only thing we're servicing is ourselves. I mean, we're only caring for ourselves. We're servicing just whatever somebody else manufactures and ships in. If it breaks, then we've got somebody here who can fix it, but we're not actually manufacturing all that much. I know for a while, a bunch of the foreign card uh, manufacturers were, you know, sending jobs this way by opening plants here, and that's been nice. You know, I know that I'd, I'd seen a Mercedes-Benz manufacturer in, I think it was Tennessee, you know, so that's nice, and that's employing our people, so that's good. But you're right; we're not we're not manufacturing much anymore. We're becoming a service oriented country. Mm-hmm. Even Detroit um, has um, has gone to the wayside. It, it used to be the manufacturing capital of well, one of them in America, and it's 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 dying. Yeah, yeah. Well, and we had uh, in our training here this past uh, weekend. Um, we had a guy that had just uh, come back from uh, Afghanistan, and he was telling me that the way the military is working it is they're putting people out left and right. I mean, that those jobs are going away, and that was one of the, you know, I mean, when in doubt, go get the training and go in the military because, you know, there's, there's a steady paycheck there. Right now there's always a need for you, but they're putting people out left and right for any little bitty reason. You know, that is no big deal, you know, just because they're trying to downsize. And that, you know, that has to do with what the government's doing. They're downsizing us, but then they keep getting us in all these fights, you know, that yeah. may or may not be our business. Uh, that goes into economics as well. If you don't have the troops to support a war, how do you fight a war? <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, well, and that and the other one is, is that if you don't have the, if you've overspent your budget and... You don't have the money to pay the troops. You're going to have to downsize the troops or cut your spending. Well, they're not going to cut the spending. They'll cut the troops, mm-hmm. which and, just leaves us weak and vulnerable. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, um, I'm also, how do you support the troops with you know bullets and ammo and all that stuff? You know, that costs money as well. It's, you know, it's not just you know the, the soldier. There's a lot back in them. Oh well, yeah. There's a lot of there's there's a lot of expensive training, uh, gear, you know, uh, expendables, ammunition, food, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, it the the military is not just about the bullets. I mean, an army marches on its stomach, and if you can't feed them and you can't clothe them and, and outfit them to do what they got to do, then we've got we've got separate issues. We've got a bigger issue there. So you're you're pretty versed in a lot of different things, and it's it's quite impressive. I'm I'm impressed. Mm-hmm. I, I thank you. Um, I have definitely come a long way since I since I started. Yeah. Now, how now when you get into that, that's something that a lot of people ask me is, you know, it, it's it's so overwhelming. How do you start? You know, did you start one can at a time or reading one book at a time? I and mean, how did that start with you? Because that's that's the question I get asked all the time. Um. Well, uh, how I got started was um, there's the book of Patriots. Yep, Wesley Rawls. Yep, James Rawls. <laughs> it's a little crazy, you know, um, for a survival book, but um, it got um, it got me thinking. Yeah, see, the books, the, yeah, Patriots got me started, and then I read all of his other books, and I started running out of books, and yeah, books have been a big deal for me. It makes me think of different ways, different scenarios, kind of outside the box. So that's that's how I got started, but then it was, you know, one can at a time, and one jar at a time, and then I got into canning, you know, so is that kind of the way it's kind of gone for you? Um, well, we did the bucket... And rice, a technique. Yeah. Started up, but then we got some bugs in it, and it kind of ruined it. 
Yeah, you'd have to figure out how to get a uh, yeah. vacuum seal it, keep the get the oxygen out, oxygen absorbers. Uh, some people do mylar bags. We're big fans of dry ice. There's two or three different ways of doing it. Then we decided to um, do cans, and that's um, we were doing that and some pasta, and that's pretty much what we're doing right now. Um, now, when you talk about cans, you're talking about going out and buying cases of cans of food, or are you talking about canning your own? Both. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually have recently just did some jam, and it. Uh, it's pretty nice. We um, we are going to be doing some pumpkins as well since our garden has been pushing them. Yeah, yeah, that'd be um, really good. Yeah, actually, you can pressurize the chunks of a pumpkin and get to a pumpkin pie mix, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah, make your pumpkin pie mix and then just can it and put it away. Also, something I, we used to do when we were kids was we would take the pumpkin seeds, uh, rinse them out, uh, soak them in some salt water, and then just put them in the oven on really low on warm and kind of pretty much dehydrate them. Because uh, we were always big into eating pumpkin seeds when we were kids. So you got to use all of the food. Now, on your pumpkins, are they uh, are they heirloom or uh, do you just buy them out of the store? Uh, they're heirloom. Okay. Yeah. So then you're going to save your seeds and then make them viable and try using them next year. Yes, uh, we... We're going to decide which pumpkins are the strongest, and we're going to um, pass them on for next year. That's really cool. Yeah. See, so you're, yeah. That's that's one of the Jack Spearco things is you know keep you thinking about that. And yeah, I haven't I haven't gotten into that phase of it yet. My garden is. We got to this new place, and we got a huge garden, and the garden was too big. It's too far away. It just it was too hard to handle. It was too much to handle. Uh, now we're kind of downsizing and scaling back and kind of going to do the uh, raised bed right here behind the house where we can access it easier because you can jump in too far too fast and I think I did that with the garden and we get a little bit but you know not as much as what we need for a year on the garden so we're going to scale back and go smaller and more intense but that's good yeah you've, you've really got a good handle on that in that you know you're 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 looking into the future and you're trying to build up off things yeah, um, it's actually quite, it's a little harder to find um, heirlooms here. Yeah. Because we are pretty much the Masanto capital of the world, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah, they don't want that heirloom stuff in there, do they? No, uh, there's a couple local stores that support it. But um, its majority of it is either GMOs or high hybrids. Yeah, yeah. Well, and see, out here, that's what was funny was a couple of years ago when I got started into into the prepping thing, uh, you couldn't find heirloom. You had to go someplace special to get it. And now our local Walmart is carrying heirloom tomatoes and pepper, just different things. And it's, it's kind of neat. I mean, and I, I'm a big person on herbs, so uh, I go with uh, annual, or not annual, but perennial herbs, you know, like uh, sage and rosemary. Um, and then the stuff that I, you know, so I don't have to worry about, you know, it being heirloom, which is it's evergreen. Uh-huh. You know, um, I'm big on basil, but the basil, I'm trying to uh, find me some heirloom uh, basil plants, but I haven't had a, haven't found any of those yet. Mostly it's just been heirloom tomatoes and stuff. And then I've started potatoes this year, so we'll wait and see how that goes. <coughs> Excuse um, me. So are you with the Sam Club recently? Uh, I haven't been in a little while. I've just been too busy with everything else. Okay. Well, right now there is, at least where I'm at, um, our Sam's Club has a whole bunch of freeze-dried food. So that, okay, uh, this either tells me that there's a, a market for it or, it or there's some other reason why they have it. I think it's the market. I think that there's so many people starting prepping and starting to do this because now, you know, of course, the prepper shows have come out and there's, you know, all these different survival shows. So people are starting to think about this stuff. So I think the market's opening up for it. Uh, uh, A lot of it's actually quite expensive, you know, compared to regular, you know, food, buying regular canned food. But the market's there and you can put it away and it'll last a long time. Uh, but then again, that's also, I think, why over the last couple of years we've started seeing more heirloom plants being sold and heirloom seed. You know, there's a market for it now. You may yeah. pay a little more for it, but you, but like with seeds, I can, I may pay two or three times 
what I what I would have paid for you know for for normal seeds for hybrid seeds, but uh, those seeds I only buy them once. Mm-hmm. So in the long run, it's a better deal. Exactly. So yeah. Um, also, there's been a lot more uh, chicken, you know, um, um, you know, uh, houses up for sale, and rain barrels and everything, and books. Yeah. Um, the- and if Walmart, a Costco, and Sam's Club are supporting it, it must mean that there's a big market for it. And right, that, that's either a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah. Um, if if they're looking at the Doomsday Prepper, you know, show as a re, um, as a way to prepare, I'm a little scared. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we we were sort of watching that show when it came out. We would tear it apart a little bit, and you got they they kind of make fun of everybody on there, and they and they I think they edit and twist the data uh, to make it look a certain way. So we kind of just pick out the good and leave the bad. Um, and like you were talking about the chicken houses, I mean we've got to where we've got seventy chickens running around here. You know we've got another forty in the incubator. You know we we've gone into high chicken production because. I guess that we're the chicken producers for our network. That as people get their retreats set up, we okay. Well, here's ten chickens. Get started. So yeah. our our bug our bug count is down. Uh, they help to keep the grass cut, and we got meat on the foot running around. Um, I have tried chickens before, but my dad wasn't really a fan of them. <laughs> yeah, well, that's one of those things when you live in somebody else's house, you got to deal with their rules. Uh, that and also they got into the pool. <laughs> yeah, chick- do chickens swim? Can a chicken swim? Uh, uh, no, no, no. I mean they're they're droppings. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I thought yeah. you, I, I thought you had a, a chidukin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, well, actually, uh, uh, chickens are actually agile uh, creatures. You know, they are they were first you know from uh, from jingle, uh, jingles. Uh huh. And I don't think there's a lot. There's a pools of water. Yeah, up in the hills. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. Well, I know we're. This is running a little long. Um. I want to kind of cut it short for Bob. Is there anything else that you could say that uh, that would get other people into prepping or insight that you have seen uh, that you'd like to share with people? Um. Yes. Um. I'm trying to think. Oh. Um. I keep to the I watch the news that's happening right now the Russians are moving into Syria right now a lot's happening it's it's not not as good as uh, I hope it would have been right now uh, the economy is barely holding on um, just follow the news um, eventually if you're not preparing now, uh, eventually you might think it's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Stay up, stay up to up to date on current events. There you go. Mm-hmm. Okay, well that's good. That's good. I'm 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 really happy to be able to get you on here. It's just it's, it's very enlightening to be able to hear this from somebody your age, and and uh, I look forward to talking to you some more. And you know, uh, you know, I know Bob has been wanting to reach out to you, but he's you know he's just moved and he's working with through some of his stuff. So. Uh, uh, well, thank you for coming on with us, and uh, I appreciate it, and uh, uh, we'll be talking to you more on the forum. All right. I'll see you later. Okay. Bye. All right. Uh, y'all, that uh, that was Team Prepper, and uh, we're going to sign off for here, try to keep it short for Bob, and uh, we'll talk to you all here again before long. Well, thank you to both of you guys. That was that was terrific. And and again, uh, what a thrill it is to hear young people with Teen Prepper's knowledge and his attitude. And, and Mexican Joe, you did a good job with the interview. I appreciate that. Uh, well, folks, you know, here's what I want to say in closing. We've got a lot of work to do. And, you know, who knows when the next disaster is going to happen? Who knows when there's going to be a collapse? I mean, I firmly believe in what Glenn Tate writes about in his book series, 299 Days. I firmly believe that. And by the way, if you haven't read all of his books, all six of them are out right now, you can, you can pick them up off of my website, off my Amazon store, or my recommended books page. But, you know, it's going to happen. 
It's not a matter of if it's going to happen, it's a matter of when it's going to happen. And I worry because if it doesn't happen in my lifetime, I worry about the next generation, people in teen prepper's generation especially. I don't have to worry about teen prepper himself, obviously, by, <laughs> by the way this email came out, but other people that are like him, we really have to worry about what are they going to do. So adults, you know, we got our work cut out for us. We have to talk to, to our young people. And that's kind of a that's kind of a big challenge out there. But again, hopefully you enjoyed this. Get your young people listening to this. I want to finish up by saying I've created a special page on my website called Survival Champions Club. People have been emailing me asking me what exactly is involved in my Survival Champions Club. In other words, what kind of material is available? And again, I don't have any sponsors on this show, so there's a couple ways you can support me if you feel like doing so. If I help you. First of all, you can buy one of the podcasts on my Survival Champions Club. There are seven of them. They're $25 each, or you can buy them all for $75. That's one way you can do it. So go to the Survival Champions Club page at todayssurvival.com. Again, todayssurvival.com. There's two S's in that in that web address, todayssurvival.com, and you'll see the Survival Champions Club page. Now, you don't have to spend any extra money, but if you're going to buy something on Amazon, If you buy it through my link, if you click my Amazon store, I've got a special link there. And I'll put a direct link on the forum. And uh, I'll also put a direct link probably in the show notes for this episode as well. You can click through and use the link on my website through the Amazon store. And Amazon will pay me a small fee and you can also help support the show that way. If you join the forum, please email me, bob at todayssurvival.com. Please tell me what username you used and I'll get your account approved in less than 24 hours. I do that to keep spammers off of the forum. With all that said, folks, thanks for tuning in to another episode of today's Survival Show. It's my goal to keep it practical, to keep it making sense, and make this something you can use, something that can help you do what you can with what you have, wherever you are. Thanks again for listening. Catch you next week. Goodbye.